The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are here to have the conversations that will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm Rob Haupt. I'm the Vice President of Business Development at Autism Spectrum Therapies, or AST. Uh, And we provide services to individuals with autism and other related disorders across the country. Uh, on top of all that, I'm also a board-certified behavior analyst who has been working with kids, teenagers, adults, uh, families uh, who have individuals on the autism spectrum uh, for about a dozen years now. Uh, and I just had the great fortune to, to do this, you know, not just here in California where I'm speaking to you today, but also uh, back on the East Coast um, a little bit in New York, a little bit more time in, in Massachusetts, um, which has just been, uh, especially lately, uh, a real blessing to be able to meet so many different peoples in, in so many different communities. Um, you know, today's going to be a, a, a really, I, I think, a really fun show with a, a lot of kind of fun topics. Uh, but I, I can't I can't start it off the show without kind of thinking and sharing uh, some sadder thoughts. Um, you know, in, in the last couple of days, I've uh, been given a series of just sad news. Um, you know, some on the personal level, uh, a good friend of mine uh, and, a, and a longtime friend of my family uh, back in New York um, just found out uh, this morning early that his mom just passed away. And uh, she was you know, older woman, she, she lived an incredible life and is just a, was just an incredible woman. Um, but, uh, my dear friend, Peter, um, I know he's, uh, he, he's going to miss his mom a lot and, uh, you know, thinking and sending my, my thoughts and prayers to him and, and his family. Um, and then on top of that, I kind of was reminded of just some challenges that our kids face that we don't always get to talk about. You know, about probably about six months ago, we talked a little bit about loss and we talked a little bit about um, helping our kids, helping our kids in the spectrum uh, cope with the loss of a loved one. And, you know, our guest did such a great job with explaining what that really means, you know, more than just parents or brothers or sisters and family members, but even pets our loved ones or people moving away can be lost. And uh, one of the families who I've worked closely with, who I've shared with you guys about who, uh, where, where the father passed away within the last year, uh, I, I was able to talk with them and, and we had a great conversation and, and they're doing great. But I was reminded of, of that. Um, and then unfortunately a, a friend of mine on the spectrum who, 
I've known now for about eight years and who has really, um, I think, shaped my life as much as I hope I've shaped his, um, was in a, a really bad car accident. And, um, you know, he, he has some, some medical issues that uh, I know need to be treated. And if it was you or me, it would be a, a struggle. It would take work. It would take perseverance. It would take uh, all of these things that I know my friend has. But on top of this, he is an individual on the spectrum. And he struggles with the comprehension of all of this. And, and I worry about him. And you know, it, it, it made me realize how much I take for granted talking about just what's going to go into this, what the healing process, the recovery process, the rehabilitation process, all these things, they're so challenging. And um, I know my friend is, is not quite going to understand everything. And um, it's one thing, as, as so many of our guests who are on the spectrum have shared, uh, controlling your body to not move in a way uh, that could be harmful is easier said than done to someone on the spectrum and the unique sensory needs that he or she may have. And as I was thinking about all of this, I was like, I, I, I looked at myself, I'm like, how have I not thought about this in 12 years? How has this not popped into my head? How is this not something that, you know, we, we've talked about the idea of a, a broken arm, a broken leg, um, uh, different types of illnesses, you know, this idea of how do we explain this to our kids? How do we support them with this? Not just from a comprehension point of view, but as so many of our guests have said, and, and, and now I'm, I'm really starting to appreciate after hosting the show for, for all these months, the sensory side of it, what that sensory needs and for so many of our kids, uh, them not having the ability to express those sensory needs as it relates to to their injury or their illness. And, you know, it's just this, it's this hole that is really starting to become clear to me. It's, you know, I thought the loss of a loved one was, was one big glaring hole and, and one that I was excited to talk about. But now I'm starting to feel like, does the entire health realm, personal health start to come into here? You know, we've talked about physical fitness and, and that's that preemptive, proactive approach to, to healthiness. But what about the reactive side of there was an accident, there is an illness, there is an injury. And I'm not really feeling like I personally have enough resources to best be able to help my families, you know, to, to be able to say, okay, I'm working with you. I'm working with your child. Here's what we're going to do. I have some ideas. I have some tips, but I feel like this is something we should really be looking more at, um, and really, uh, thinking more about. So again, if, if you guys out there, I know I've called on you for help and, and you're all so great at, at lending a hand and providing suggestions. Uh, some of you have been amazing offering up guests and resources, especially in these last few weeks. So I, so I ask you once again for a little bit of assistance. If, if this is something you know about and if this is something that you've got some resources about, I want to share it. I, I feel like it's something I'd like to know more about. So I can help my friend and, and help my uh, my families, but also help uh, so uh, really so all of us can help one another. So uh, if you've got some resources, please 
you know, send me an email at more info at autism therapies.com. Uh, there's also a, a way to contact us through voice America as well as on our Facebook page. So now let's get to the fun part. That was, that was the sad part. Thanks for, uh, for listening and, and letting me share. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about some, some fun things, which, which I know we're going to get uh, a good chance to talk about today. Um, Today, I'm joined uh, by Barbara Scher, and Barbara is a pediatric occupational therapist, um, and she has uh, the author of a variety of books, uh, I believe about 10, that have been translated into a wide range of languages, such as uh, Hebrew, Arabic, Estonian, Chinese, Spanish, Russian, Danish, uh, which I think is so important to uh, get the information out there. Uh, Her books feature games, uh, games especially... Um, designed to elevate attention span, increase self-esteem, promote academics, enhance motor, sensory, and social skills while providing fun learning moments for all kids. Uh, some of her books are called Early Intervention Games, Self-Esteem Games, Attention Games, Smart Play, Extraordinary Play with Ordinary Things. Um, and her most recent book is called The Whole Spectrum of Social, Motor, and Sensory Games Using every child's natural love of play to enhance key skills and promote inclusion. Barbara is also given workshops on making inclusive games and learning toys out of easy-to-find materials in a whole lot of different countries all across the world, including Cambodia, New Zealand, England, Vietnam, Norway, Nicaragua, Hong Kong, Honduras, Canada, and the islands of Micronesia. Barbara, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you. Um, you know, after after a, a somber beginning, I'm I'm yeah. I'm really excited to talk a little bit about uh, play and games because it it feels like the the natural thing that we do with with all kids. And I was really wondering, you know, why is it so important? Like, what is the what what is the real importance of it that leads to the foundation of your work? Well, play is such a powerful learning tool. When children are playing and enjoying themselves, they just naturally focus. You know, it's easy to pay attention when you're having fun. And attention, as we know now, is the elixir for brain growth. Neuroscientists have been telling us for a long time now that it's all about attention. When we're paying attention, there are immediate changes in the brain. New synapses are formed between neurons, and these new connections give us meaningful information so we know that if I do this, this happens, or if I do that, I get that reaction. So I want to capture kids' attention. Mm-hmm. That's why I use, I use games, because if they're having fun, they're paying attention. I mean, it feels like you were talking about brain development and these, these synapses. I mean, I think about early intervention, and we talk all the time about bridging the gap. Like It, it seems like this idea of attention and play it, boom, right there, you've got it. You're now enhancing the outcomes that we're hoping for in, the, in this uh, early intervention for our kids on the spectrum. Exactly. You know, kids are born with 100 billion neurons, and um, if you don't use it, you lose it. So you want those kids to be stimulated and have experiences, and every time they have an experience in which they're paying attention, they're making synapses between those neurons, and they're making a, a whole form of a connection that will make sense for them and give them, you know, meaningful information. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to talk about um, I want to talk about your work and I really want to talk about your book, 
But uh, as our listeners know, we tend to come across this uh, this first commercial break uh, always faster than we want. So why don't we take an early commercial break? That way we have plenty of time to talk to Barbara about what she's been doing and how she uses play in working with kids. So we'll take this break and we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, and I'm joined today by Barbara Scher. Uh, you know, right before the break, Barbara, you were, you were talking about just the importance of play. And, and to me, the next logical step is, well, if it's so important, how, how do we use it? So how do you specifically, you know, incorporate play into your work? Uh, it's important to understand that play is not just catching ball. Play is any time a child is engaged, time they're enjoying themselves in the moment. So mm-hmm. if I have a child, that, for example, that needs to have their arms strengthened, I won't ask them to do 10 arm lifts. I'll get a balloon and I'll, and I'll put the balloon in different positions and have them back the balloon so they can completely uh, develop their full range of motion. And I find with kids on the spectrum, uh, they're often smarter than than other kids. They're pretty smart kids, and so they get bored with the same old, same old. And even though they may not like surprises because they might have a delicate sensory system, but they do love novelty. So if I want a child um, on the spectrum to jump, I might not just use a rope. I might have them jump over a a foam noodle, the kind they use in the pool, or I might have them jump over plastic water bottles because um, I want to encourage them to enjoy themselves and play. And you know when you're when you're doing this, how do you how do you figure out what that right novel thing is going to be um, to keep it interesting as you as you were talking about? Uh, well, I, I would know the child, so I would know the yeah. kind of things the child's interested in. So if 
there was uh, kind of kid who likes to play with cars. I might do the, mm-hmm. the game where they jump over the cars. How many yeah. cars can they jump over? I'll, oh, try cool. and keep it, I'll try and keep it within their interest. But what I do as a therapist is I work both in the homes and in the schools. Mm-hmm. And what's unique about what I do is uh, I may go in with a plan. Oh, I know this child needs to be strengthened this way or they need this social skill or this sensory skill. I'll have the game in mind, but when I go into the home or I go into the classroom, I'll play with everybody. At the home, it'll be the brothers and sisters, the babysitter, the parents. At the school, it'll be the class because mm-hmm. all the kids, all the kids love to play. They get all excited when they see me coming because they know we're going to play a game. But it's not just to learn the skills. I want the child with special needs to fit in, to feel part mm-hmm. of the group. To not because they often they want to fit in, but they don't know how. They don't have the social skills to know how to be part of the gang. So here they are in this, in this game that I'm playing with them, and they're all playing together, and they feel like they're part of everybody else. They're getting past the little scary part. I also use water. I use hydrotherapy to play with kids, especially on the spectrum, because mm-hmm. water is so comforting and can hold them. And then I'll play structured games while they're being held in the water. I'll also, I also have social clubs where they have it's like little private rehearsals for kids on the spectrum so they can learn how to relate to other people and to do something I call recess prep. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I know, you know, probably recess prep is probably something newer. So can you explain, like, what recess prep is? Well, you know, uh, I, I'm sure we'll all remember that when we were in school, recess is where it's happened. Recess mm-hmm. is where all the social skills are really learned. You learn that if you're bossy, kids aren't going to play with you. If you're too whiny, they're not going to play with you. So that you have, to, you, have to, you, know, you have to learn how to negotiate rules of games. You watch what other kids do and what works for them. So in order for kids to be good at recess, they have to have basic motor skills. You've got to be able to run and jump and throw a ball. And so in recess prep, I try and teach them basic motor skills. So, for example, if I'm teaching eye-hand coordination, I might start off with kids who don't have it just to throw a scarf because you throw a scarf up and it's, it, it comes down slowly. It's easy to catch. Mm-hmm. And then I'll work towards beach balls, which are easier, before I go to smaller balls. But um, I also want to make the point that when you're, even if you're just teaching a ball game, you're also teaching a communication because I throw the ball, you throw the ball. I throw the ball, you throw the ball. And in, com- in communication, I talk, you talk, usually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I talk, you talk. So there's a lot learned at recess just by catching a ball. Yeah, you know, I think what's really interesting about these kind of concepts is just is just what a big impact it's having on the social piece without necessarily direct like directly targeting the social like i love this idea of what are the prerequisites of recess because recess is so critical so i'm assuming you kind of look at what are the things that the kids at this school gravitate towards let me help this child develop the prerequisites so then they can ultimately participate in that same activity with their peers. Right. So their races, their four square, their jump rope, a lot of activities go on in the recess that it helps to be good at it or yeah. be, able to, to be able to maintain your spot. Mm-hmm. And, and I wonder, you know, we, I know you talked about the, the, the desire of the kids on the spectrum who you're working with, but I've got to assume just through all your experiences, you see a change in the typically developing population of that school, like their desire to include this child 
has to change when they see a more equipped, a better Foursquare player is more likely to be embraced. And their attitudes about this person is going to change um, as well. I'm not sure I understand your question. Well, I was, um, just, I was just curious. Are you seeing the kids, the, you know, you're prepping these kids for recess. Mm-hmm. Are, the, are the other kids in the school, the typically developing kids, are you seeing that their attitudes are changing as, um, as the kids are participating in these different types of games and activities? Or... So. Yes, I do. I, um, I see kids can be really nice. You know, there's always a thing kids can be mean, but yeah. if, because of mainstreaming, um, there's, kids are more used to kids who, are, who have different skill levels. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, there's always kids who are going to be um, motherly and, or, or uh, brotherly and helping the kids who aren't doing as fast and aren't doing as well. So they'll be like, I've seen them, you know, get closer and throw the ball closer to the kid so that he's more likely to catch it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's, I, don't, I don't know if everyone's having that experience, but I see kids being very sweet to kids with special needs because they're used to them. They know that's how yeah. Johnny is. He, he, may, he may not catch as well. They know, uh, but they'll help um, Bobby run faster because they know that he needs to have his hand held. So uh, kids will be helping. Yeah, definitely. You know, I wanted to talk, I, I kind of wanted to segue into your book um, your, or your most recent book, which I thought was really cool, this, uh, the whole spectrum of social motor and sensory games. Um, and, you know, I guess I wanted for you to maybe share with us kind of like what was the motivation behind this book and, and who's, who's that population that it's really geared towards? Hmm. Um, my motivation was um, I wanted to include videos in the in book, in this mm-hmm. new book, which I, I don't have in others, because I wanted... Um, it, like it, I'll be describing a game, and then you can click on the video, or you can write down the uh, URL. Yeah. And it, in the videos, you'll see kids playing the game that I'm describing. And in the video, there'll always be one child with special needs, usually autism. And you can't tell. I don't. I don't point out who that kid is. Mm-hmm. You can't tell by watching the game who which kid is it. Which is, I think is the point I'm trying to make. Is look, children can all work together, and they can all play together that um, the child with special needs doesn't have to be left out. I also mm-hmm. wanted to include in this book personal stories of not only just personal stories of my working with uh, special needs children, but also my own kids when they were younger and now my grandchildren, how I can incorporate play in just a casual way um, in everyday life. Mm-hmm. There's also a, uh, a chapter by my friend Karen, who's also an OT, who does wonderful chapter on uh, home games to do for professionals, so it's a chapter for professionals. There's uh, inclusive games for the teachers, and then a whole chapter on spontaneous games for parents, because parents, you know, sometimes you only have five minutes. Your day is so full, you only have five minutes to play with your child. Uh, So I want to give them lots of ideas of quickie games to do here and there. Yeah, that's actually, that was my favorite thing about this book, is the way you kind of wrote it, the way it's structured... I felt like anyone, you know, any parent, any person could pick this up and set it up with any child. It's okay, great. Here's how you set up a game real quick. And so many of these are like five-minute games, ten-minute games. They don't have to be like a two-hour-long game. Right, because games develop any child's skill. Different children have different needs, so you know your child. 
I mean, it's especially effective with special needs children because I have lots of modifications. So here's a game, and here's right. a way to modify it for your child who maybe doesn't like noise or for your child who, who um, uh, can't see as well. So there's mm-hmm. modifications for the children and then a game that everybody can play as well. You know, one of the, the question I had for you is, was it, when you were creating, when you were putting all this together, I guess one of the comments or the questions I feel like I get a lot of times um, on, on a variety of topics is, you know, does this cover the full spectrum? Is, is this really, just, is this for high-functioning kids or is a nonverbal child going to be able to embed, go into this? Um, and so, you know, all these different games, are, is there a breakdown where it, they're where as a whole they're more tailored to one kind of side of the spectrum than the other? Well, um, I, because I work with the whole, the whole uh, spectrum, I work with kids who are just mildly uh, affected and some kids who are severely affected. Mm-hmm. So um, I try and include all that in the book. Mm-hmm. So if, um, let's say I'm working with a child on their, cogn- on their cognition. And I, mm-hmm. um, so for a child who... Um, I want them to identify letters. So I might tape different letters on the wall. And if a child um, is, uh, you know, I say, might say throw the letters, throw the beanbag at, at the letter K, throw the beanbag at the letter T to, to recognize letters. Mm-hmm. If they're um, a little bit older, I might use words, mm-hmm. throw it at the words uh, rather than letters. If they're even mm-hmm. older, I might use throw it at the verbs or the nouns. Um, so those are the you know, general kind of cognitive thing. If I'm working with a child who's extremely delayed, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, doesn't want to play, mm-hmm. and is not interested in engaging with me, then I, I start with where they're at. Mm-hmm. Or, um, let's say that they, they only like to make sounds, like ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba. I'll join them in that sound. I'll, I'll, I'll speak their language. I might go ba-ba-ba right along with them. But then I'll add something. Like ba 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 da, ba 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 da, and I want them. I want to elaborate and expand what it is that they're doing, because if they begin to imitate what I do, imitation is the way children mm-hmm. learn. They learn by finding the the parts of their of their mouth that makes that same kind of sound that they want to imitate uh, that I'm doing, or if mm-hmm. they're playing with cars and they're totally ignoring me sitting on the floor playing with cars, I'll sit down and I'll play cars with them. And, um, and maybe uh, because I want to expand and elaborate, I'll crash my car into theirs or I'll make a tunnel out of cardboard and I'll, and I'll, sh- and I'll sing a song about the car going through the tunnel and the car goes through the tunnel. Can you make your car go through? And I'll sing a song because sometimes singing a song uh, will be a way to, um, to engage a child into paying attention. Or I might even do a voiceover uh, about what they're doing and Johnny mm-hmm. is running his car up the ramp, and now it's going down, and now, it's, oh, now it fell over, because I want to give them the words that explain what it is they're doing. Yeah. But I'm always trying to capture a child's interest wherever they're at, and then elaborate and expand. Well, and what's so great about all the examples you've given is that, again, you could, listening to you, I can envision a parent sitting down and just naturally doing that with their child. It's mm-hmm. that's it could be in the living room of your home uh, at four thirty. You know, I'm I, I feel like that I'm just saw that with my nephew and his mom. 
and and my sister-in-law where that's what they were doing and you know my nephew charlie's playing with those cars and making all these noises and she's expanding on things and then he reciprocates and it, it just feels like a very natural uh and fun parent child interaction right and i at one point I want to make that I think it's important. If you want to have fun with your child, for the five minutes or the ten minutes you're playing, the best way to have fun is to re- really be totally there. Be totally with that child for that moment. Don't be thinking about what's for dinner. Don't be thinking about what your friend said that hurt your feelings. Yeah. Just be with that child. because, and, and one of the ways that you can know if you're being totally there is if your own sensory system kicks in. Suddenly you're seeing how beautiful your child's face is especially kids on the spectrum are especially good-looking kids. You're really noticing something with your eyes, how beautiful the child is, or you're feeling how he's got his hand on your arm and how nice that feels, or you're really listening to what he's saying. And when your sensory system is on, then you know that you're being completely there for your child, and it really makes a difference. It makes it easy to be with your child when you're there. I love that. I think that's such a great piece of advice. I, I kind of want us to end on that, take our next break, and like kind of let everyone take a few minutes to, to think about that point um, before we come back. So okay. let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more with Barbara. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to more info at autismtherapies.com. That's more info at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, I'm joined today by Barbara Scher, and we're talking about games, talking about how to incorporate play and games into your child's learning and just into your daily routines. Um, You know, right before the break, Barbara, you were talking about kind of parents and, and the engagement. And, you know, I know one of the things we often hear is, you know, parents that we work with are, and, and I'm sure you work with, are under a lot of stress, a lot of pressures. 
And I know I work with a lot of single parents, you know, single moms, single dads who are, you know, working, doing all these different things. Do you have, you know, I, I, I really feel like I also heard you saying like the quality of your engagement is every bit, if not more critical than just a lot of poor or mild uh, quantity. Um, so what kind of tips do you have for parents who are, who are in that situation where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm working all day. I have limited time with my child. How can I, you know, what tips do you have for them to, to accomplish all of this? Well, I, I mean, I, in, my, this, in my books, I have lots of games, but especially this last book, I, I have a lot of spontaneous games, games that can take five minutes or, or ten minutes that can be played. For example, when you're walking from the, from the store back to the car and you've got a kid who's a little bit cranky or doesn't want to do it, you know, and you've got just this, limited amount of time, what to do. It'd be like a, a game would be like uh, have a child take giant steps to the, get to the car or giant steps alternating with baby steps. Or if a child has Aspies and is really uh, intelligent, guess how many steps would it take to get from the car? Let's guess how many, would it be 50 steps? You know, or maybe it might be, um, let's look around and see if we see something unusual that we haven't seen before, even though we've taken this walk many times. Oh, it's a new flower growing or a design in the building we had noticed. So there's ways to capture their attention in that five minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make another point um, to get parents off the hook because, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult if the child's autism because they, you can't just tell them to be quiet. They re, you really have to pay attention to their needs, especially their sensory needs. And Temple Grandin, um, you know, as we all know, a successful woman with autism, she says, you know, the common denominator is for kids with autism is they all have social communication problems. That's the area that's the weakest. And she suggests that every child on the spectrum should have three hours a day of social interaction. But it doesn't have to be the parent. It doesn't have to be the parent. It could be the neighbor. It could be a retired teacher. It could be a student. I mean, um, there are a lot of people out there uh, who are interested, uh, who want to go into the field of, of, of uh, special ed or uh, child development, who would be interested in playing with your child. So I just want to put it out there, put an ad in the paper, put an ad on the laundromat bulletin board or, in the, or in the, go to the university and put an ad on the thing that you want. You're looking for people to play with your child. Yeah. And you might be surprised to get a, a really good reaction. And it, it takes the pressure off parents. Yeah, some people. You know, some people are kid people, and they love to they love to play with kids, and they you know, and, and it's not a problem. And some people just you know, maybe they're cooks, maybe they're readers, but they but they have other skills. So you, get yourself off the hook if you're if you if you're not the kind of person who wants to play all the time with your child, or you don't have the time, find someone else who will, or use these ideas to do quickie games. So there's ways that um, I can give you some ideas if you want. Yeah, sure. That would be great. Well, things um, like there's always shoes around the house, right? So mm-hmm. you could do shoe games. You put a shoe, one shoe down, the kid jumps over. Put two shoes down, they have to jump over two. They have to jump over three, jump over four. So they have to keep, they keep enlarging their ability to jump or make a big pile of shoes. And they have to run from one end of the room all the way and leap over the shoes. And kids will do that. I don't care. If they're 12 or they're three, yeah. they will want to play that game. Kids love to jump. They love to jump. They love to run. So you can do just with shoes. Um, you, can, you know, you can play a game. You could do the same thing with newspapers. 
lay them out. And kids had to jump from newspaper square to newspaper square. Not just jump forward, but jump sideways, jump backward, jump and twirl. Um, there are, um, you can take toothpicks and do toothpick art. You know, some kids can just, you make, make a little square with the toothpicks. Maybe the older kids can make a, a design. Maybe you can take turns making design with toothpicks. I, I use a lot of recycled materials things that are found around the house, because I want parents to know you don't need special equipment. Everything that is around the house can be used into, uh, into a game, like, like water bottles. If you have yeah. a box of ubiquitous water bottles, they're all over the place, easy to get. You can play on so many games with, with water bottles. You can jump over them when they're lying flat. You can jump over them differently when they're standing up straight. You can set them all up and bowl them down with the ball, like bowling pins. You can... You can catch them, you know, catch them from hand to hand, throw them up and twirl them. You can fill them with water and add food coloring, and then you can find out that if you add red and yellow food coloring, you get orange. You can, you know, (laughs) you can just take one kind of thing, like ladders or blankets or two-by-fours, even magazine pages, and roll them up into tubes and and throw those around. There's so much to be done just around the house. Oh, and that's what I like. I mean, it's so funny you mentioned the recycled things around the house because that was literally my thought. I was thinking to myself, you haven't said anything that I would have to go out and buy. Right. Everything you've said is, you know, I I look at it from you've kind of given us two really great camps. The things your child is naturally interested in. So like you talked about the child is interested in cars. Well, if my child's interested in cars, I probably already have cars so I can build cars into what I do. Or you're right. I have. I mean, in my house, my wife hoards the, the the water bottles like you would not believe. And you know, we refill them, and we um, she's always doing stuff like that. So I have water bottles. I always have the newspaper around. I always have um, you know, the um, uh, the the roll from the uh, paper towel. You know, yeah, that know. cardboard paper yeah. towel roll. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've got that stuff. I don't have to go and make a special trip. It's all right there. And I, it almost feels like it would be almost easier to put this together if all I have to do is think about how do I use the game um, and then add some fun and creativity. Um, that sounds a lot easier than having to like go buy something and then figure yeah. out how to use the kit and then figure out when to do it. Like You've kind of set it all up for me. Yeah, you know, actually I have a book called Extraordinary Play with Ordinary Things, and in it there are different chapters. A chapter on games with paper, next on boxes, one's on milk cartons, one's on, another on cans, another on ropes. Mm-hmm. So if you have, say, a whole bunch of cans, you had a big party or something, you have a bunch of cans, then you look up in that chapter and there's 50 games that play with cans. Oh, so cool. uh, so that, that can help. That can help parents figure out. They can't think of themselves. They can use a book like mine or yeah. do to come up with ideas because there are so many ways to do it. Once you get the once you get the gist of it, oh, I get it's jumping over, it's throwing, it's hopping, it's it's using motor skills with this material. What can I do? So I want parents to be empowered that they can figure it out themselves or use my ideas. I'm I'm just curious. You've got, I mean, clearly you've got so many ideas, and and <laughs> I feel like I'm a creative person, but I don't think I have the creativity to come up with all of this stuff, you know, where, where's it all come from? Is this just, you know, all of your years as an OT? Is this about being a, a, a mother and a grandmother? What's the inspiration for all of these ideas? 
I think my, my, my own little weird niche in life, you know, <laughs> a little niche that uh, I like, uh, I love games, and I, I, it really thrills me to think of a, of a, to think of a, a thing that a child needs to learn and to figure out how can I do that with a game. You know, in the mm-hmm. beginning, you're talking about the loss, and so I started thinking about, well, what kind of game would I play over a loss? I hadn't really, that's not really in my book. Mm-hmm. But just as you were talking, I thought, well, what I would do if I sat down with my child and we lost, lost your father, I would, I would draw a picture with that child and say, and then, and then uh, maybe talk about the hair. Oh, I love the way that his hair always, always stuck straight up. That yeah. Daddy, he always had his hair straight. And his eyes, his eyes, and I would make an arrow to his eyes, his eyes, because he always, he always looked at me with such love. And then I would point to his hands. You know, and so it, so each part of the body, uh, I, I would I would work with the child, talk with the child about what did, what we remember about this his daddy and all the different parts of his body, how I loved to sit on his lap, and how I loved when his arms were around me. Just kind of you know, let that child have the fullness of that child of that loss that they had, so they realize that you know when you lose something and you're very sad, it's the reason why you're so sad is because it meant so much to you. So you, you want know, to talk about all the things it meant. I would even you know, think of making a, singing a song, making a song up about Daddy or, or the dog or whoever, whoever yeah. the loss was. It's so funny, the, 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 the ideas you have in your head, because they really match up well with our guest. You know, our, our guest that day was uh, Carla Helbert, and Carla actually talked a lot about drawing. And in her book, she talks a lot about drawing and having the dialogue that you just discussed. So mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of... To me, I feel like that's almost reinforcing the idea of it's not about – it's not maybe about like 40 years experience, uh, oodles and oodles of, of letters after your name, but connecting with your child or adding a little bit of creativity and um, like engaging. I, I guess it comes back to where you started with. It's like the child attending to something with me. Maybe right. like the most important thing. That's what play is. Play is when you're socially engaged with each other. I mean, yeah. you can play by yourself too, and read a book is is also a form of play. But when you're with your, your child, you are you're doing what interests them, and you're in trying to encourage them to expand and get a little past their comfort zone by expanding and elaborating. Yeah. Well. We're right up against our last break. So let's take one final commercial break and uh, come back for our final segment with uh, Barbara Sher. We'll be right back. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit AutismTherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, final segment here. Uh, I've been joined today by Barbara Scher, uh, occupational therapist, or I should say the pediatric occupational therapist, um, who has spent a, a tremendous amount of time uh, focusing in on play and games. And, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to make sure we came back to, Barbara, is uh, you you made this point a few times and it's actually something that I've been getting a lot of requests from our listeners about is siblings. Um, more comments on sibling experience or how do I get my child's siblings involved more? And listening to you, it feels like play in games is just like a logical extension. That, that seems like a great place to start. So I was hoping you could maybe give our listeners some tips or some suggestions on how to get siblings involved in the play and the games that we've been talking about. I think one of the ways um, to do it, the way I do it when I'm uh, in, a, in a home or even in the classroom, is I modify the games for the, for the different children. So everybody can play together, but it's, it's, uh, they might have different, different instructions. So let's just say that I, I put some newspaper squares down doing that game. And so with my child uh, with autism, I might try and get them to jump from square to square. And I might even help them by giving them a lift up and jump down to give them the sense of jumping. That's level. But the child that's a little bit older, the brother, I might have him not only jump from jump to every third square or, or jump as far as he can or jump and twirl or jump into a ninja tick. I mean, depending upon the kid, I would ask each child that's playing to do something that I knew was uh, challenging enough for them to make it fun but also make them be part of the game so everybody plays together. If I were uh, doing um, a throwing game, I would have, um, say that we're, all, I'd have them, a child who's just learning how to, to throw, just to throw the ball from hand to hand. You throw the left hand, throw it to your right hand, back and forth, and get the hands close together so that they'll be successful. But with the older child who's playing with them, I said, okay, now I went, you, you have to throw the ball up in the air and catch it. Or you have to throw the ball up in the air and do a twirl before you can twirl before you can catch it. I mean, I just would modify the games for each child that's playing so that my child, the child with autism, can, can be part of the gang. Yeah. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I know I want to make sure, and I know you want to make sure that we, we, we can give everyone some, some, easy suggestions right away. And, and I was thinking the best way to kind of give some, some great games is maybe you could share with us some of your favorite games 
that some of our parents could take away with them uh, today. You know, start playing tonight with with their kiddos after listening to this. Well, um, a game that uh, everybody can play is a is peanut hunt. It's like you know how kids love Easter egg hunts. Uh-huh. Well, instead of hiding Easter eggs, you're hiding peanuts in the shell around the house, and you have different kids, different skill levels. So you might say to the little to the child who's um, developmentally slower, you put the peanuts in a way that they, they can see it. It's they're more obvious. But for the next level child, you might say, okay, the peanut, your peanut is hidden under something that's red or under something we sit on. Or for a child who's more advanced, it's really hidden well. You so you can't find it. You have to, I'm going to tell you it's only in this section of the house. So everybody gets play at their own level. Other things um, kids can do that are fun is um, uh, talk, make up stories. So you're with your child. And you're saying, okay, I'm going to start a story. Once there was a, once there was a grape, and the grape was getting eaten by a monster. Your turn. And the next person has to make up the next part. The monster didn't like grapes, so he threw this grape on the floor. And the next person, so you can take turns. Uh, another game to play is, this is especially good if kids are kind of being cranky and they don't want to eat the grilled cheese sandwich you made for them. You pretend that. The restaurant now that you're, they're eating at is a French restaurant. We for the dinner tonight. We have the very French sandwich cheese. And then you have another child. Maybe look at the menu and say, you know, the menu being the magazine. Uh, do you see uh, what else we have? You know, so you you kind of make it uh, you, you make it like you're at a French restaurant rather than you're at your regular home eating. And then people, kids are more likely to get into the joy of the game. Uh, of eating the food that's there because it's served by a, a French waiter. Um, another game that always works really well, um, different ages, is, is I call the race against time. Um, I bet that you can't get up, get your shoes from upstairs and get down by the time I count to seven. <laughs> Ready? Go. You know, and uh, then have them run up, you know, you're counting six, six and a half, six and three quarters, you know. <laughs> but, you know, you, so they get excited about doing something, and they have to do it by the certain number. I, I have to tell you, I had this, my kids play this game on me one time when I was driving a car. We're coming back um, from a long trip, and we weren't home yet. It was getting dark, and I was getting kind of cranky, and I was like, and I yelled at the kids. And my daughter, about seven at the time, said, Mom, do you think you can calm down by the time I count to six? <laughs> so she counted. <laughs> and then I, when I realized what she was doing, I laughed, you know, and she said, oh, you did it by five. <laughs> so I like just, that. I like the race against time a lot. I feel like I've used that a lot myself with some of my yeah. clients. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's not a punishment. It's not like you better do it by, or else it's kind of like, can you do it by this number? I don't think you can. Yeah. It makes it kind of a game. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Um, you know, I I, I want to make sure um, you know everyone knows how to to find you. I mean, you've got so many uh, incredible ideas, and um, your your creativity is just amazing. I as I said, I don't. I think I'm a creative person, but uh, <laughs> this is this is some, a whole nother level. Um, if our listeners have questions or they want to find your books. Or, or learn more about what you're up to, uh, what's the best way for them to, uh, to do that? Uh, there's a couple of ways. Um, you can go just to Amazon.com you know, and, and find my books. 
Okay. Uh, but you can also um, go to my website, which is gameslady.com. It's games with an S, because if you do Game Lady, you get a different kind of a game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's gameslady.com. And uh, on that site, beside uh, the details of all my books, there is uh, a place that you can write me and say, you know, here's my child, uh, here's his strength, here's his weakness. Can you think of a game that I can do with my child um, that would be helpful? Wow. And I write, I'll write you back and, and uh, give you a game. I'll think of it at the spot or I'll... I'll go to, or I'll get a game from one of my books, but um, I, I'd love to do that. That's really fun thinking for me. And you um, just do this free for everyone? Oh, yeah. That, yeah. I feel like every listener needs to take advantage of that service. That is amazing that you do that. You, uh, and I'm, as I'm saying this, I just found out this morning that I'm having some technical difficulty with my, with my website, but okay. uh, don't get discouraged. It will be up and running. So, just, But I definitely would... I, I have a lot of fun thinking of games for your child. Oh, so cool. Um, and you're on Facebook as well, right? And, yeah, Facebook as well. Cool. Good like uh, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's so funny how uh, the Facebook has really changed the way we kind of communicate. And a like on Facebook means something totally different than it did two years ago in, in, in terms of value. It's, it's kind of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> Well, thank you, Barbara, so much for being on the show. I really appreciate the uh, the, the upbeat, the fun, the games after starting off with, uh, with a, a bit of a somber note, uh, as well as just the, the great tips and resources. You're very welcome. It was fun. Um, you know, kind of closing thoughts, final couple minutes here. Um, you know, as we started uh, thinking about today's show, I, I, as always, guys, I try and give you a couple of past shows that tie in nicely. And, and as I was listening to Barbara, I couldn't help but go immediately to a different show, different one than I expected or anticipated going to. Um, and that's one we did really early on. Um, back in September of 2012, uh, we had a, a guest, uh, Jennifer Cook O'Toole. And, you know, Jennifer was talking about a couple of different ideas couple of different concepts, but I feel like they go really great with, with what Barbara was talking about, this idea of interests and passions and, and how we incorporate it. And really, I think Jennifer is talking about a lot of ideas that, that Barbara's talking about too, you know, creativity and engagement. And you know, Jennifer did it and used it in more of an academic nature and uh, to, to focus in on the, the academic schools with, with her students and with her child. And Barbara's taking it and using play to create similar outcomes. And so, you know, I'm really thinking like those are two great shows to put together. And, and I w- kind of want to re- reread Jennifer's book now and, and put the two books together for my own benefit. Uh, so I recommend that you guys do the same. I really feel like that's going to be a, a great complement to one another. Um, and, you know, and the other big thing I take away from today is just, you know, it's the connection. I, I, I kept thinking all the time as, as we were talking with Barbara, it's just connecting in something, engaging. That, that attention piece just is so huge. And we work on so many different things and want to focus on so many different things to help our child. But we can't lose sight of some of these core critical elements. And, and I think having all these creative ideas to still work on those core elements is going to be a huge help to all of us in, in having in our bag of tricks. 
Um, all right. Next week, we are going to have a, a, a new guest. We're going to have uh, Reva Martin, the author of The Everyday Advocate, Standing Up for Your Child with Autism. You guys may have seen her on a, a few different programs, including uh, Dr. Phil, um, as well as, I believe, Oprah. So uh, really excited to have her. She's uh, been a really just inspiring person for a lot of us here in the L.A. area and, and hopefully for a lot of you folks who have caught her on, on some of these um, different programs. So really excited to have her. Uh, questions, comments, suggestions. You guys have been awesome lately. Please share them. More info at autismtherapies.com. You could contact us on Facebook. And as I said at the top of the show, Voice America, some of you guys have been going through that, and I really appreciate those suggestions. And some of the, uh, the invitations to have some of your friends and colleagues be guests. With all of that, have a fabulous week. Have a fabulous weekend. I will talk to you all next Tuesday. Take care, guys. We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.